Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by Blue Water Climate Control. Remember, you can, uh, if you have uh, a need for your climate system, you can reach out to them in Knoxville at 865-299-2290. You can find them online at BlueWaterClimateControl.com or on Twitter, or the Twitter, as college coaches refer to it, at BlueH2O underscore climate. With Jesse Simonton, Rob Lewis, and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday. What an eventful Monday it has been. A couple things. Gator Dog, congratulations. Cash that over. You win. You win. You win the over. Okay, so gifts, away. gifts are coming to you. It's not an Oscars gift bag, but we got some gifts coming to you. Um, but uh, you won that one going away. Secondly, it's funny. Two weeks ago, Georgia was falling apart because they started losing everybody. Sunday, South Carolina was falling apart because they're losing everybody. Now, Tennessee, according to everybody else in the SEC, has been cast into their falling apart because they're losing everybody. Bottom line, I think, as you said a couple of weeks ago, welcome to life in the SEC, right? Coaches just like to move around, man. I mean, I mean, we, me and Jesse were talking before the podcast started. I mean, rough. What's his last 10 years look I mean, like? He is the ultimate puddle jumper. You know, Clemson, <laughs> Alabama, Texas, Florida. And, and now he's looking to kind of, you know, make that next career move to try to get into the, the more comfortable coaching life that is the NFL. But uh, Rumpf not getting the Giants job, AP, you know, I, I didn't know if his NFL opportunity was maybe not going to come for another year. So that one maybe when we got those texts – uh, Sunday night and started tracking that one down. A little bit surprised that one. The, oh, dude. The, 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 the rocker one has been the, that, that one has been the writing on the wall. It, and as AP has said, you know. The rocker shell has went for the people that can't see the, the, the ad man. Story written. Yeah. The rocker the, story the, written the rocker, story has been. The rocker, yeah. He, he, they're parting, parking, parting ways. Vanderbilt. Because you know, he interviewed there, and they they they, they lowballed him money wise, and he didn't go um, off the field. Off role. the field role. <laughs> now to South retired. Carolina, retired was one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it. You know, it it's kind of been all, but it, that but that symbolizes you know kind of that that relationship with Jeremy and him, like the last you know back part of the season. I mean, it was it was everywhere. He was staying. He was going. He you know he he everything in between. The rocker story. The only thing that's been in there longer was the Jay Hardy commitment story. Yeah, it's probably and, true. But you know, with with, with and the Mark, only person that's seen that video is Alex one one eight, and he keeps asking me if he can <laughs> if he can if he can use that as his avatar. <laughs> so on rocker, I mean, I think one his contract was expiring, so we all thought he was going to move somewhere, do something. Someone asked me, you know, why would you go to South Carolina given the situation and everything else? He just he's resetting his clock with a two or three year deal. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, getting guaranteed it's, money. It's smart for him. And and look, I understand there's there's some and I said this on the radio on Monday and I there's absolutely uh, some recruiting frustrations I think with that spot. But hands, you can not deny what Rocker has done throughout his career, but then specifically the last two years at Tennessee in terms of developing and on field coaching. He inherited a group two years ago in year one at Tennessee that was not considered to have a, that much talent or talent that had been really tapped. He gets Kyle Phillips and, and Shaw Tuttle to be legitimately looked at by the NFL and, and earn places on the roster. And in this last season with kind of a hodgepodge group, they improve dramatically in terms of run defense. They get more pressures. You start to see some movement and, and stuff out of a guy like Matthew Butler. You know, and now – they're going to return every single body plus Emmett Gooden in 2020. So, 
uh, Jimmy, you know, is, is going to inherit a, a nice uh, group, but it's going to be on to him now, I think, to really elevate that recruiting deal because – you know, talking to folks, I, it, he does not—he he doesn't have like a huge track record as some, you know, bulldog dynamite recruiter either. His best asset seems to be what he did development-wise with uh, Zadarius and Bud Dupree and some of the other guys at Kentucky. Well, and I think he may, but, but as you look at it, he is younger. Ten years <laughs> but he may, he makes he makes a lot of sense from the standpoint of he's a guy that Derek Ansley knows well, right? And so when you're talking about marrying front end to the back end. I think if you're Derek Ansley, Robin, you're a back end guy. You know, you know, you know the passing game. You know the secondary play. You got to have a guy on the front end up there that that you completely trust. That's your that that that's your guy. I, I think this hire, not not so much um, Shelton Felton, not so much even Brian Niedermeyer. I think this hire was hire was more about Ansley and Ansley's comfort level because those two have to work together, or you got a bad. Got to be able to speak the same language. Yeah. Well, here's the thing for me is like. On the whole, the staff, I think Osavet is a hungry, motivated guy. You know, I think Shelton Felton, while he's 39, he's a, you know, a hungry, motivated guy. Jimmy Brumbaugh, I think, is more along the lines of, I don't mean career, career like, arc or track record, but I'm just saying from a, I think he's more along the lines of a Jim Chaney, a guy that's very capable. He's not going to be this ace bulldog recruiter. But he's also not going to be a liability. That's the that's the kind of the thing I've when I've talked to people today is he's very capable. That's the thing with Tracy. I think you know I, if this was just an on the field thing, I think Tracy would, you know would have stayed here a thousand times. But he he just didn't want to recruit, and yeah. and I think it's a much more laid back. I mean, I know Will's kind of still coming, but he out of all the Saban disciples, Will Muschamp is has adopted since he's been at South Carolina a more laid back approach than. Kirby, Jimbo, Jeremy, those and, guys. And it may not, I mean, I, I know it's got to be about one more than one player, but how much of it is because the best player in the state at a position you coach 90 miles from camp, the group 90 miles from campus is going to Auburn? Well, I mean, you look at and, and said he didn't have a great relationship with Tracy Rock. Yeah, on yeah, the record. When, so. you, when you go back to the last two classes and you look at, you know, Jay Hardy and you look at, um, who's our boy over there in Middle Tennessee that went to Kentucky? Um, Ripka. Ripka. Yeah, Trayvon Ripka. And then you go back to the last class and you talk about Bill Norton and Zion Logue and some of those players. I think to a man, they've all kind of told people that they never felt like they had a good enough relationship with Tracy Rocker. And whether that's your area of, as an area recruiter or not, when you're that position coach, you've got to be more involved to have a better relationship with defensive linemen that Tennessee wants. Yeah, and that's why sometimes it's easy, I, I think, uh, to get caught up in the narrative when you just, like, run down and w- look over a list that, hey, Will – I think I actually think that you can make the argument that Will Friend did a better job on the recruiting trail this, this year, year than yes. he did last year, even though they landed two quote-unquote five stars at the offensive line because he was not critical in landing those guys. On those In that same vein, Tennessee landed a nice defensive line class this haul. But how much did Tracy right. have to do but with that? I mean, also, Amari Thomas, Dominique Bailey, Tyler Barron, those are three but, legitimate four-star but, but prospects. But they also had a, an historic year in state for defense. Oh, 100%. And 100%. Didn't, I mean, they got, they got two, but they didn't, they didn't clean up. Right. Which, but, again, you look at what they got this year. I mean, Tracy Rocker's not the reason Omari Thomas came to Tennessee. If anything, Derek Ansley closed the deal on that one. 
Okay. And David Johnson helped a lot there too. Certainly, he did. there's no question about that. But it's interesting because you're right. You look at lists and you say, you do, boy, you just he signed two five-star offensive tackles. Will Friend's a great recruiter. Not that Will Friend was bad for those guys last year, but, but he, he wasn't the game. catalyst. He, he was in on Jimmy Holiday and pushing this staff right. on Jimmy Holiday before Jimmy Holiday had anything. Right. Before he had Mississippi State or Ole Miss, which is the two in-state schools. Before he had anybody in the Big Twelve. He was the one saying, this is a, a, a freak athlete. We've got to be in on him. Yeah. And then, of course, he did a really good job with Beckwith. Well, and then, and then like, I mean, James Robinson kind of yeah. you know, beating out Auburn and State for him. It's, it, it, it's Again, it's just easy. And I think the same thing, honestly, is ha- could happen, you know, depending on how it unfolds in, in next year's class uh, with a guy like with, with T. Martin. I mean, I think, you know, T. was involved in Jalen Hyatt and, and some of the other guys. But you, you run down Tennessee's receiver list. I think a lot of other guys – as Jeremy Pruitt noted on in you know, National Signing Day, had a hand in recruiting those those kids. So, just just wanted to kind of throw that out. Well, there. I think the other thing too, when you look at all this, the the two on field staff changes. We'll get to the third change in a minute, but the two on field staff changes. Sure. This was not a surprise. None of the, none of these were a surprise to Jeremy Pruitt because he had a hire in place. Within before, moments. I mean, basically before some of them even got announced, he he had he had a deal. I mean, look. Not saying he knew Rump was going to get the Texans job, you know, a month ago or six or eight weeks ago. But he knew if Rump left, he was going Shelton Felton. Yeah, and Shelton Felton was on campus on Monday. Right. You know, interviewing, and and, which, I mean, it was a done deal anyway. But, I mean, interviewing me in the air quotes. But but Um, my my point being, he wasn't stunned or shocked by it. Because he had had Brumball hired, he had Shelton Felton hired, because he knew that was a possibility. And I think that's a positive sign for a guy in charge. Of, of your football program that, hey, if these positions come open, I know what direction I want to go. And he was decisive with these two. He so, took a little longer with Jay, but Jay was always at the top of his and, priority and, and, list. It was about whether he was going to pay that much money for it. Well, that and how everything else was going to fall. Was was Sharer going to leave, which would allow him to move Niedermeyer to defense and promote Joe Osovet to tight ends? I mean, it was a, it was a huge, you know, kind of connect the dots type deal. Um, you know, with, you know, before he was able to make that move with Jay. The only real surprise is that Jeremy would actually, and, I, and Jeremy's been a lot better with the media. He's a lot more comfortable in front of microphones and cameras. But you know, much like Philip, I think got caught up last week at the recruiting celebration. I was surprised that you know the comment that came out when Jeremy was fairly emphatic. He was asked about his staff, and you know, he was like, "Well, these guys chose to be here, and they turned down other jobs, and you know, we like what we got." Well, all knowing, all knowing. Now the Drew Hughes deal is a little bit different, but knowing that Rocker did not have a contract and that Rumpf was still making phone calls, that comment did surprise me a little bit because clearly, as you just you know evidenced, Jeremy had guys lined up. I mean, he was he was ready to make a move. But it's also pretty fascinating that you know speaks to again the tribalism of college football. It's easy to look from one fan base to another and point out flaws or, or laugh, you know, about the movement or whatever. But Jeremy Pruitt called his original, you know, his inaugural staff one of the best staffs in America, and it's got two guys left from it. And that's not that surprising in the way that the movement goes these days. And it won't be surprising, frankly, if one of those two guys is not here next year either. Well, that's just the way it works. Well, and that's the thing. That's where Clemson's the anomaly. And the thing for Tennessee fans to understand, Rob, is – the whole heyday of, of Philip Fulmer, you know, where they had all the staff continuity, you know, that's just not the way college football w- works anymore. You know, I mean, you know, you had, I mean, Philip had seven years where he didn't turn anybody over. And should have. 
you know, and probably should have, you know. But at point being, back then people weren't moving around as much as they are now, you know, and the money wasn't there. I was I mean, say, it's, it's a different. You can, you know, multi-year deals. You know, some coaches are getting three-year deals. There's titles out there, and there's so much money being paid by stupid. so many people. Money's. I mean, what did the SEC give out? Last week, 40, 46 million dollars of school, which is getting ready to go up. I mean, you can, I mean, you, you can finagle yourself a two hundred thousand dollar raise with a couple of phone calls. I mean, that, that just wasn't the case ten, yeah. or twelve years ago. It's a total, total did not exist. Yeah, total different world, no question about that. All right, let's let's talk. We got the, you know, you know, those two are, you know, with 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 Brumball, they haven't been formally announced, but that's the direction everything's going there. And Sheldon Felton's already on campus, and all those things. The question now is the the move of Drew Hughes from. Um, the position at Tennessee to South Carolina, what does Jeremy Pruitt do there? Because I think that's a critical hire. I, I, think, I think in the landscape of recruiting where you're trying to be in front, you're trying to early eval these things, I think that's an important decision for Jeremy Pruitt, as important as any of his on-field guys in yeah, a lot I, of ways. I, I made the argument on the radio on, on Monday that I think after your strength and conditioning coordinator and your offense and defense coordinator, the player personnel role is probably the – the next most important setting your board and recruiting and, and, and as, as Brent said early evaling and I mean, look at I me mean, just the fact that they've gotten in ahead on Jimmy Callaway and certain I mean, you know we always use Callaway as the example but there have been others you know where they kind of get ahead of the curve a little bit and then you know granted I mean it, it's a struggle to hold on to some guys sometimes but you'd rather be early than but late. there's also it, been cases the, where they've been late as well it is you know it is, but this and it's all, but this the philosophically with this staff and that's why this Higher is going to be important too. Tennessee has offered more prospects than any team in the country in the last two years mm-hmm. since Jeremy Pruitt's been here. Well, and if you want to know how important and that's grind and take, right? If you want to know how important this job is, I think six places in the SEC have turnover at this position. You know, Texas A&M comes to Georgia and gets Georgia's guy and, and basically essentially almost doubles his money. The amount of money that's being paid at this position now has gotten kind of crazy. You know, it's got fun, you know, it's got funny titles and everything else to it. Uh, but the SEC, with, with its cash cow of funds and slush funds out there, are paying this position more than anybody else around and, the country. And I don't is. want to minimize it, but I also think this is a spot where you've got an incredibly deep pool of candidates of young, hungry dudes that are, you know, want to get into this field and, and will and we'll work you know, 20 hours a day. We'll, we'll be in the office seven days a week. I, I think you're going to have a lot of candidates. Now, obviously, some are going to be better than others, but, man, I mean, they'll be – again, I think it'll be a deep pool. Well, and I think the interesting thing with this position, too, is more than even other positions, Jesse, you've got to have trust. you got to have the, – the, the head coach has to trust this guy. He's got to have firm belief because, look, I've said it before on this podcast. I'll say it again. The most, the most valuable thing – a head coach has is not his bank account, it's not his salary, it's not his car he drives, it's not how big his office is. It's the 25 that he uses every year. Use them wrong, you don't have any of that other stuff. Use them right, you, you can overcome hoist, things. You got a chance to hoist the trophy. Yeah, and then there's how you use the between between those two those two individuals, and and it's going to be. I mean, we'll we'll see how how deep this candidate pool is because. You know, Jeremy identified Drew as his guy. You know, th- this was Jeremy's first chance to be a head coach, and he went through, you know, the, the phone book, and, and that's who he, you know, interviewed when he was still coaching at the national championship game for Alabama. So this is going to be a critical hire, and he's going up again. Obviously, Georgia's looking for uh, a guy. Lane, you know, just took South Carolina's guy, which is how this movement uh, happened. But, 
uh, we'll see. I, it's going to be critical in, in whichever direction Tennessee goes here. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it will be, again, you know, is there another, quote, Alabama guy out there? You know, is it an SEC guy that you go with? I mean, you know, there, there's a guy at Mississippi State and, and Matt Wilson who was at Tennessee at one point, who was at Indiana. Nice little roster that Indiana had put together for the bowl game. You know, is that a guy that you would have enough trust with, even though you don't know him, Austin? I, I think the trust factor, the comfort factor with Jeremy Pruitt is going to be interesting. That's why I don't think this hire will go fast the way the Monday hires went with Shelton Felton and Brumball. No, I think he will, he will take his time because you, you have to, you know, hire the best guy. Um, it, it, you're, you, know, you guys have hit the nail on the head, you know, because you, when you're trying to get out in front of things and recruiting, you know, with it being so important, you're, if you hit on the 25, as you said, you can overcome this or that with your staff. You can't overcome, you know, bad evals and being late to the party. I mean, you know, if you're late in this state, they hold it against you. You know, if you're late in other states, you're behind likely the home state school, which you can tell again. So you got to be ahead of the curve. And so I think that, you know, there are different guys you could look at. I mean, who's he worked with in Alabama? You know, there are people that have been in the building over here before that have a, a tie to the area. So. Um, you know, there's a couple of different names out there that are floating about to see who uh, replaces Drew. Yeah, and I, I just, again, I, I don't think this is something that's going to happen fast. I think what is going to be interesting with this job at Tennessee, and I wonder if we're going to see this around the conference a little bit more, it's never been a contract job. It's always been an at-will employee. I mean, they are getting more money now, you know, but they're not getting guaranteed. Do, is that the next growth? Because, I mean, these, these guys have agents now. Okay, when you think about I me, mean, as crazy as that is to say, I mean, this was a job that, you know, guy was making 60 grand, you know, seven, eight years ago to run the recruiting office. Jobs are paying over $200,000 a year now in some places. And they've got titles and they've got agents. Do, is the next growth in this league a multi year deal for people? Logical. I mean, I mean with his, they're obviously putting an incredibly more emphasis on the position. I mean, I. I if you're going to invest that much money in it and, you know, guys that you think are that important, I mean, it just makes sense that you're going to try to make the job more attractive. Well, I tell you what, if I were in the role, if I were in that role of recruiting deal, I would want a, I would want a multi-year deal because you're, you're so attached to that coach. You know, it used to be in, in the past when you had, well, I'll use Scott Altizer as an example. I mean, he was, he worked that office for Philip Fulmer. He worked it for Lane Kiffin. And then he came back and worked it for Derek Dooley. He worked, he worked it in three different, you know, three different capacities. Yeah. These days anymore, most of these guys are attached with the head coach. So, and a new coach coming in has his guy that he wants to bring. So those guys, a lot of times, are at the mercy of a head coach firing, and there's no safety net for them. So I'm sure the guys in that position are certainly wanting multi-year deals or wanting well, it to like, go in that direction. Much like Austin Thomas had to be just, you know, for all the, you know, jokes about the GM title. I mean, for Ole Miss to hand out a, a GM title to their new guy this week, I mean, Austin Thomas had to be just super thrilled because it's, you start establishing that as a role in college football and then multiple people have it. You start establishing he multi-year deals. Baylor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, like he's been the only one that's had that yeah. title. Now all of a sudden somebody else has that title. So now it's establishing that as a title in college football. Same thing here. You start establishing multi-year deals for those guys 
it's hard to put you know the toothpaste back in the tube you know once all that starts happening around college football because everybody's going to expect it yeah certainly there's no doubt about well, that and the biggest uh, i would say that what seems to be the most pertinent topic on the board ap is why would hughes leave Jeremy for for what is perceived as a you know struggling boat well I, you know, uh, at South Carolina but the, the frankly as Hubs just alluded to a lot of these guys are connected uh, you know through through various friendships and well and if you leave if you leave on good terms who's to say that however many years from now those two you know Jeremy and Drew don't get back together much like Will and 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 Drew are getting back together now you know and I think they they have left on really good terms um, you know. Drew's got family down in Charleston and in other parts of South Carolina, um, you know. And again, multi-year deals and contracts, you know. That's at the end of the day, man. Money, multi-year money, <laughs> like you know, that, that's that's a game changer for a guy that's an off-the-field role, yeah. especially with the prospect that I mean, maybe Muschamp does get fired and they still owe you this money, and yeah. you know, yeah. you're not even working. Yeah, I mean, you, get, be, you got a year to go find your next. If he's place. making one ninety here. Let's say they gave him—I don't know what he's making, okay—but let's say they gave him two fifty at South Carolina on a two-year deal. That's five hundred thousand dollars, you know. So, like, you know, a, a guy like Drew Hughes, who is a grinder, he loves to watch tape. You know, this guy just kind of is eat up with trying to find the, ne- the next diamond in the rough type player. Guys like him are not going to have the trouble getting a job. You know, a year from now or two years from now, Drew Hughes is going to pick up the phone and be able to get a, another job in this league or at the Power Five level, depending on where he wants to work. So, you know, I, I think from a, from Drew Hughes' perspective, this is a win-win. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. By the way, quickly about Blue Water Climate Control, then we'll get into a couple of recruiting things. Um, hey, can you tell Blue Water to quit all the rain? What's going on? <laughs> hey, when your system breaks, you want a company that will get there fast and do the right repair the right way. The first time, Blue Water responds to more than 90% of their calls the same day they're received. Blue Water offers 24-hour service, and all the technicians are trained and certified. Call them today at 865-299-2290. Mention VolQuest, and you'll get a diagnostic uh, for free. Uh, you'll get a diagnostic look at things for free with your repairs. That's 865-299-2290. All right, if you're Jimmy Brumball and you're Shelton Felton, um, Austin Jesse, where's the first, who are the first phone calls you're making for Tennessee for recruiting? Let's get into recruiting a little bit that way because it's a dead period. Don't get out guys on town. If you're, I mean, to, to me, if you're Jimmy Brumball, I'm calling Peyton Page. Right. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I, having come off that Clemson visit, well, and he's talked about Tennessee. He's also talked about liking Rocker. You know, he's the one that's mentioned Rocker, but Tennessee's been in there. Oh, gee. I mean, don't don't you think you're making I, an, yeah, initial I call, contact I call there? Jabbar, I call the Ritzy kid. I call Peyton Page. Um, I call the first phone call I make if I am him is Dietrich Pennington. Right. You know, to okay. me, that's you and know, Dietrich Pennington is the is the in-state West Tennessee yeah. defensive line evangelical Christian. That's going to have that's going to have Alabama, Ole Miss, Clemson. Mississippi State, Clemson, everybody knowing the man involved with him. So, you, so you're making a call there. Yeah, I'm definitely making a call there. I think that's that's super important. Um, you know, and then if I know that Osvet's kind of got that one on lockdown, but if I'm if I, I I call Damian Robinson if I'm Shelton Felton, I mean that's going to be a guy you would coach. Well, and, and look, I mean. Yeah, then I would, I mean, I'd, Shelton add, Felton's, I'd add Jeremiah Williams to that list, Dylan Brooks. I, I mean, mean they, Shelton they Felton's brought here to try to land some of these guys they haven't been able to land the last couple of years at that position. Now, again, you've got geographical regions and all those things. I'm not saying it's all on Shelton Felton, but, you know, to help try to close the deal on a position of need that Tennessee's not landed 
quote the big fish on the last couple of years. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I have a piece coming out on this about just kind of the positional priorities. I think, you know, Javon Nelson, in-state defensive lineman, is another guy that, that'll get an early call. Trevelli Price uh, is another defensive lineman Tennessee likes a lot. So Where's Price from? He's from North Carolina. Okay, okay. So another, North Carolina another North Carolina guy, which you're going to see Tennessee heavily, heavily involved there. Remember this about Shelton Felton. The ties South to Georgia, Georgia are important. Not that you're going to go to South Georgia and beat out Auburn and Florida State a ton, but when you talk about what this staff has lost, Kevin shared Georgia ties. Tracy Rocker had recruited in Georgia. Chris Rump had Georgia ties in recruiting. They needed to get they needed to get some Georgia ties back on the staff. I think that's another another thing that was attractive. For, for Jeremy Pruitt with Shelton Felton is because he's got the ties in the state of Georgia, don't you? Yeah, and, and ties in the high school community down there. That's more than anything yeah. else. I mean, you know, um, he, he's you know coached high school ball in the state of Georgia, and you know a lot of people think fondly of him down there. So um, I, I know there's some people that are in the state of Georgia that are excited that Shelton's getting a Power Five gig. And has ties in, in, in Tennessee. I mean, he's yeah, got, down got, got, his, got right. his start in, 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 with the box. Yeah, so. and and there'll be some there'll be some prospects down that way to, to know in in, in, in the come couple coming years as well. So uh, some some interesting ties there. I guess one other note we 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 should d- discuss a little bit. Chip Long um, is on staff as an analyst at, at Tennessee. I, th- I think. Guys, I think this is the direction you're seeing this thing, these positions go, is let's get the, quote, fired coach who's got a big buyout from another school and let's get him here to, you know, kind of rehab his career and we're going to learn and glean from him. You know, I'm not saying that Chip Long is going to be the next anything at Tennessee, but he's getting paid by Notre Dame. So instead of that being a young, you know, a young man's deal, getting his first break, bringing a guy who's, an experienced guy. He, he knows the offense. He knows Jim Cheney. He knows tight ends to help Joe Ossoff out yeah, a little there bit go. there. I, I think I think that move makes a lot of sense if you're Jeremy Pruitt. Don't you guys? I mean, it's I, it's totally a John do. Lilly 2.0. That's what this is. I mean, it's kind of looking – it's a veteran coach who has experience, even some play calling experience, obviously, and he's going to be able to kind of help uh, – now, Ossoff's not young, but not, you know, kind of a, a more experienced tight ends coach behind him. Yeah, Much I mean, like I, what happened year one with Niedermeyer and, and Lilly. Right, and he was in town back, you know, a month or so ago, yeah, a month um, and a half ago. And January 3rd and 4th. He was this, in, the day after Tennessee beat Indiana, he got together with Brian Niedermeyer in Knoxville and spent a couple of days here. Yeah, just kind of talking ball and, you know, clinicking a little bit. And then obviously as a result of that, he ends up landing here um, as, a, as an analyst. Uh, so I guess about full at that position unless they create some more positions, right? I mean – if, if, if Todd Watson's going to go into an analyst role, you know, which we believe because he has hired a football ops guy, um, I guess maybe he's got one more analyst role to fill. Yeah, he lost, uh, he lost the one guy that went to Mercer that helped me Niedermeyer with tight ends, Kevin uh, O'Brien. Yeah. Um, they lost Caleb Cox to Eastern Kentucky. Two. And then, of course, Osabat. So three there. But he's replaced two of those with, yes. with, with obviously, Chip Long and, and with Todd Watson. We believe to going to move into one of those roles, given yeah. that the fact that they've hired an ops guy uh, from Mississippi State, which would go to the role that Todd Watson was in as well. So, plenty of movement, plenty of shaking going on um, on the football front. We'll continue to cover all for it. Jesse, you're the one who's had the over and under. Are they done? On the field staff? 
Yes, I think. Okay. I think, so you're I not. This is, are you going to set the over and under <laughs> at zero now? This is their. This is their twenty. 2020 staff this, for now. This is the 2020 staff for sure. I I, I agree with you 100. percent All right, let's jump to hoops yeah. right quick. Rob Lewis, um, you know Tennessee fought, scrapped, and and did what they could. They couldn't make. Uh, I don't want to put it all on Jordan Bowden. It would have been interesting if he'd made that three and cut it to a one possession game. You know, with with I guess three minutes or so to go in that game, it got away from them after that point. Defensively, Tennessee was good. This team just. They are what they are offensively, and that's just what it is. I mean, they're just going to have – I mean, Kentucky shot 54% against them. Tennessee's not going to win games like that. I mean, they're not good enough on offense. It was a lot more fun to talk about the assistant coach changes. (laughs) (laughs) Any chance – and I know he doesn't like it – but any chance against some teams that don't shoot the ball well from the perimeter that you see – any kind of zone defense I mean, to keep the ball in front of them I think he may throw it out there a little bit. and But this is what Rick will tell you. Like, they're so – like, everything is so new to, like, you know, Santiago and, and Plazic that they don't, they don't have time to work on zone in practice because they're working – I mean, they've got I – mean, these kids, Santiago in particular, barely knows, you know, the basics of what they're doing on either, on either end of the floor. So adding, you know, he's still trying to learn what to do in, in their base man-to-man defense. Where, you know, where are you supposed to help? Where his help's coming from? You know, where are you supposed to funnel guys? And so, I mean, I think Rick is, is scared to throw anything more out there. So, yes, I mean, I think you'll see it here and there as a wrinkle, you know, coming out of timeouts and then bounce play, something like that. But I, I don't think you're going to see him play it for long stretches. Now, I mean, I could be wrong, but, I mean, I'm not – I mean, I would – I don't think it would be a difference in their record. I'm not suggesting I don't, I, that. I mean, I would do it if I was him. I mean, especially, and, and God bless him. I'm not picking on Viscovy because I think what he's done just being thrown into the deep end of the pool is remarkable. But when Kentucky needed a bucket the other day, they isolated him at the top of the key on, you know, Quickly or, or Hagens or, or Maxie, and he just got, he got blown by every time for, you know, three or four straight, straight buckets or, or fouls. And that's – I would – I'd play some zone in, in, in those kind of situations. Yeah, I mean, I just think that it, I think it's hard. He just, I mean, where he's at right now, it's hard for him to keep the ball in front of him. And it sure. may always be hard for him to Maybe. keep the ball I mean, in front of better. him. I mean, he'll get better. But, you know. but right now, it's, I mean. But you can't, you can't rely on the on the ponds flying 15 feet in through the air no. to, to block that and shot I, every time. He did some, but I was just, you know, like you said, you got isolation and put yourself in trouble that and, way. And I, don't, and I don't think this team's underachieving. I mean, they're just. In fact, I mean, they may be overachieving a little bit. I didn't, I didn't think there was any way they were going to win that game to Alabama last week. And, you know, and they wouldn't if Alabama had a clue of how to play basketball. But Yeah, so I don't know that I would say overachieving. They got, they got a little help they, at the they, Alabama. But they, the thing about this team is they're playing hard. They're tough. In some areas, they've, they've shown some improvement. Fulkerson's now put, what, two quality games back I mean, to back in maybe three or I the mean, last four? Fulkerson's turned in. I mean, he's their most reliable option just because of, of how bad Jordan is struggling. And, and Fulkerson didn't, you know, he, he struggled from the field on Saturday. But he, he drew 11 fouls on Kentucky, which is pretty amazing that you'd ever think that John Fulkerson could offensively, you know, do that in, in a game. And he's come a long way. I mean, he's, and a guy maybe you double-team now. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think if you're a scout in Tennessee, you probably do think about double-teaming. Yeah, everybody won't have to. I and mean, Kentucky didn't have to. Some teams won't. But they did a little bit. But, I mean, Jordan's just – I mean, he's in SC, 10 SEC games. He's 8 for 57 for three-point range, 14%. And you just can't – It certainly looks like when he shoots it, he's hoping it goes yeah, in. He doesn't have any belief it's going in. No. And, he, and, and what, make, what I think makes it tougher on him mentally is he knows he's got to keep shooting. You know, because the scoring's got to – you know, Viscovi can get hot if you leave him open. But um, I, I just – and we've talked about it. It's, I mean, we're deep enough into the season. It's a little bit of a broken record. They just don't have anybody that you can throw the ball to who's going to 
beat his man off the dribble and go get you a bucket, draw a foul, draw a defender. And, you know, Jordan Bone could do that anytime down Le- court. Lamonte could do that. Lamonte could do it. Admiral could do it a different way, you know, by putting the shoulder into somebody and getting into the paint. And Grant, I right. mean, if you could just get the ball to him, you were going to get a quality shot or he was going to the free throw line. Tough week for Tennessee, though. They got Arkansas tonight. Um, with an Arkansas team that's hard to figure, that Arkansas team that needs well, wins and, and, and lost, lost Joe. I mean, that's a, that's that's a big, big, lo- big loss for them. Big um, loss for them, but a team in dire need of some wins. Yeah, lost a schedule. couple, if I'm not mistaken, back-to-back overtime games. So, I mean, their season would look a lot different if they if they're yeah. going the other way. And well, they're not a lock for the tournament that a lot of people thought they would be. There's what 16 wins, but yeah, a losing record now, in conference play. And now what four and six in league play? Yeah, tough. That, I mean, it, this is one that they need. Not that this was I mean, a great RPI resume for them, but you, 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 know, you got to get over five hundred in conference play. And, and from Tennessee's standpoint, I mean, I do not think they're making the tournament. But if they have any designs on it, they cannot lose another home game. They yes, got, they got to beat Arkansas tonight, Vandy next week, Florida, Florida, and Auburn. Yeah, you got to sweep. I mean, you got to win all four of those. I, I, I think I don't, and then then probably then still one on the road somewhere. I, I think that's too much. For, for this squad, but we'll see. I mean, right now, I mean, they they still have a fighting chance, but cannot lose another home game. And um, I think the road trip to South Carolina looks tough. I think South Carolina is as improved as anybody in the league over the last month, certainly from when we but saw But if you can find, out. as we talked about on TV, if you can find a way to win the next three and be setting at eight and five in league play and 16 and 10 overall, at that point. You got a shot. It, well, you have a yeah. shot, and at that point, with five to go, you assured yourself of being over 500 before the tournament, which means the likelihood is you're not going to go 0-5 those last five, and would put, which would basically, I think, lock you into the NIT. Right now, if you know, depending on this tough schedule on the stretch, they could technically fall out of that. If, you know, to, to, to paraphrase my VQ colleagues, 100% yeah. they could fall out of the NIT. <laughs> no, but no if question. you win these next three, it becomes almost and, a, a lock, I think. I agree. Yeah, and, and, but and, and they're winnable, but I mean, I don't think they win at South Carolina on Saturday. I just don't. Arkansas... Yeah. Arkansas's diminished with the, with the injury to Joe. I mean, that, that's that was probably their second best player, maybe their best player, and got to take care of business tomorrow night or tonight against Arkansas. Now. Yeah, in a league that's just not going to get as many people in the league as they think that they're. Everybody they, thinks they got get. three locks. I'd say Mississippi State may be a lot by now. So, four, I mean, I don't see, I don't see more than four. I mean, I, Florida. I don't know what in the world's going on down there. Well, they started in the top five. Now they. I mean, it's, I mean, what a, what a, I mean, they're hard to figure. Georgia. Got the, Georgia may have the best player in the country, and they're you know, in the NFL draft, and they're going nowhere. Georgia, Georgia's the king. They get up by 18 every game, and they blow the lead and lose I it. mean, Florida's arguably the most talented team in the league, yeah. and, and they're 6-4. and four. Yeah, they just haven't come together at all in any way, shape, or form. That's for sure. So, plenty of basketball coverage, plenty of recruiting coverage, plenty of football coverage. Jesse will have more on Tennessee's uh, football recruiting needs coming up uh Already had that uh, earlier today, obviously. We'll have a little baseball coverage for you as well. But that's going to do it for the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast for Rob Lewis, Jesse Simonton, Austin Price. And Addison Price, who sat along and played on her iPad the entire time we taped the podcast. Addison, you want to tell everybody at VolQuest hello? And she shook her head many times at things that were said in this broadcast. Can you say what's Probably up, like Gator many Dog? people listening to it have done. Can you say nine ninety five? <laughs> that's... That's going to do it. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. (laughs)